Today's episode of Let Fear Bounce is sponsored by Creative Edge Publicity. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Kim Langling. Welcome to another edition of Let Fear Bounce. And I am so thankful that you are sharing just a small part of your day with me and my special guest today, Natalie Plamundon Thomas. She is coming to us from Canada. She is a number one international best-selling author of 15 books on success, communication, wellness, and empowerment. She is the founder and the CEO of the Think Yourself Academy, offering leading-edge online courses, one-on-one coaching, and business mentorship. And she's inspired over 100,000 audience members and empowered thousands of clients internationally to rid themselves of negative self-talk. Natalie, welcome to Let Fear Bounce, and thank you so much for being my guest today. Hey, Kim, I'm so excited to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I want to toss, I'm just going to jump right into it. I want to toss a question out to you, the the negative self-talk. That's what jumped out at me from your bio. And I know that we all do that. And especially women, especially women I have found do that. So in your lifetime, when did you notice that that's what was your main thing. You were doing negative self-talk to yourself. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because you're right. We all do this, but we don't talk to other people like that. Like you don't walk around telling your friends, oh, hi, you look fat in these jeans. <laughs> oh, you're starting your own business. It's never going to work. You're not good enough. Like we don't talk, like we wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> we talk to them <laughs> the same way we talk to ourselves. Like it would be crazy. So honestly, it happens to me as well, like everybody else. Like we have between 50 and 80,000 thoughts per day. And research showed that 70% of our thoughts are negative. 85% of people suffer from lack of self-confidence. So I'm not ashamed of telling you my story because I know it happens to everybody. So I was about 12 years ago, I was wanting to become a professional speaker and uh, I wanted to write books and I needed a video done for my video reel to get, you know, hired for professional speaking engagement. So we had a, like a mock kind of talk and I hired a, a videographer and we had three cameras. So one for the wide angle, one for the close up, and one from the back to see the large audience. And the problem came is that there was only 20 people that came that day. So we had to ask people to move from one section to another so that when (laughs) we would put all the segments together, it would look like there was a large audience. And actually it worked because this video got me a contract. I got a phone call from an organization who wanted me to train their sales force. And they asked me for my rate. And I didn't even have a corporate rate. (laughs) So I go, um, 250? So then they say, okay, so for the four hours, there would be a thousand. I almost passed out because I meant 250 for the whole thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I go, oh, yes, that's correct, $1,000. <laughs> so I hung up the phone and I should have been super excited. But the truth is, I remember sitting in my office feeling like a fraud. I was hearing this negative self-talk in my head telling me, you're not a real professional speaker. You don't deserve a $1,000 paycheck for the afternoon. See that video I had made to make the audience look bigger than it was and my made-up corporate way. None of it was real. I was just trying to look more than I really was because somehow I felt that just me was not enough. 
And that's the day I realized I have to shut down that negative self-talk. It is not serving me. So I spent the last decade studying neuroscience and trying to figure out how to shut down that inner language so that and transform it in, into, into something that would help me unlock my full potential, not keep holding me stuck and holding me back. So that's this that's when I started creating this system. I created the system that I shared in my eight international number one best-selling books and all my uh, online courses. That's the system I use with my one-on-one -on -one client. And that is what I um, share now with all the audiences around the world. I take notes as my guests talk because I always glean these golden nuggets from folks. And you just said, just me was not enough. That was one uh -huh. of your thoughts. Just me was not enough. Yeah. That's a great title for a book. Right? <laughs> I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I'm a writer myself. And I think every time I speak to somebody and I get a little nuggets like that, and I'm like, have you written a book with that title? That would be awesome. <laughs> anyway, there's an idea for you. Just me is not enough. That's an awesome book title. But just me is not enough. I think, and also what you said, 70% of our thoughts are negative mm -hmm. on any given day. That, mm -hmm. that threw me. I was not expecting that number when you said mm -hmm. that. That actually surprised me. But then you stop and think about it. It's not really all that surprising because if you look at how any one person's day is, whether you work at home or you work out of the home or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, there's an awful lot of stuff that comes that can stress you out and raise your anxiety levels. One of the things I wanted to ask you was about anxiety and depression. Do you, in your research that you said that you've done over the past decade, anxiety and depression, I'm assuming, go hand in hand with the negative self-talk? Oh, 100%. Because it's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Uh, anxiety and depression very often start with simple being sleep deprived, right? People can't sleep because they overthink. So, and they overthink because they are responding to events of their life in, in a way that is not serving them because they are constantly assimilating emotion. So maybe I'll, I'll talk in, in, in more uh, layman's term. Stuff happens to us and we worry about it and make it, we make it worse. So you have a little headache and then you're like, oh my gosh, I have a headache. I should Google it. So then you start Googling it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I must have a brain tumor. Oh gosh, I have three days to live, right? And then we make it worse and we worry so much. 40% of what we worry about is never going to happen. It's not even gonna happen. We're making it up. It's not true. 30% of what we worry about has already happened. It's over. But no, we have to relive it every five seconds and we need to, we need to think about it and tell the whole world about it and chat about it. And then we continue to pollute ourselves because every single time we tell the story and very often a lot of people do that, you, somebody cuts you off on the highway as you're going to work and then you arrive at work and you, you tell the whole world about this jerk that did this and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? As the person cuts you off the first time, you receive 1400 negative chemicals through your bloodstream that pollute you and, and cortisol and a whole bunch of bad stuff. And as you retell the story, once you're at work, 
your brain doesn't know it's not happening again. So it resends another 1400 chemicals through your bloodstream. And the person you're telling it to, they don't know that it's not happening to them. So their brain shoots 1400 chemicals through their bloodstream. So you're polluting everybody with your story. And every time you, end, every time you hear a story, of, of anything, your brain doesn't know it's not happening to you. That's why you're scared in your living room when you watch a vampire movie. You know they don't exist, but you're scared anyway. Or you, or you cry when you watch This Is Us. It's not happening to you. They're actors. But no, we cry because, because our brain doesn't know it's not happening to us. So 30% of, of the worries that we have and the pollution we create for ourselves in our body comes from stuff that is over. And what we don't know is that we need to, and, and I'll, I'll tell you right after, uh, right after this, because I'm sure you're worrying about the next 30% now, because some of you are listening to this and like, what about the other, the other 30%? Well, I'll finish this before I get into the next thing. So the next is 12% of the, the things that we worry about is for things that are um, miscellaneous things like, I don't know if they're going to be parking when I get there. I, I don't know what shoes to wear today. Do I have to wear shoes when I'm on Zoom? You know, like, so, so things that, but we choose to use brain time to worry about this. And we stress, we really stress, and it's, it's, it's not really important. Then 10% of what we worry about is miscellaneous health stuff. It's, it's a little sore back, and then we start to make it worse. Or, or you have a headache and you Google it, like I mentioned, well, just, just drink more water, go to bed early and, and tomorrow it's going to be gone. But no, we make it worse. And those minor health stuff are comprised into the 10% of stuff that we worry about. So really, if you've been calculating, there's only 8% of our problems that are legit. And if we only focused on that and use all our brain power for these, would be fine, but no, we choose to worry about stuff that will never happen, stuff that has already happened, miscellaneous health thing, and then stuff that really don't matter, like the shoes that we're gonna wear. So what happens when we worry is that we go into prefrontal cortex overload. So the front part of your brain, when you generate emotions there, and there, and by the way, there is no such thing as a positive or a negative emotion. They're just emotion. The brain doesn't know the difference between anxiety and excitement. This is very in interesting and important to know is that if you choose that it's excitement, or if you choose that it's anxiety, your brain will respond in a different way. If you choose anxiety, your brain will pollute you. <laughs> if you choose that it's excitement, then you will receive a dose of a feel-good chemical like dopamine, serotonin, endorphin, oxytocin, depending on the if you're witnessing somebody, if there are other people involved, if you're moving. So th there's different chemicals for different situations, but you will receive bottom line, a, a, a dose of a feel good chemical. So we need to understand how emotions work and what really create at the beginning that, that anxiety and that vicious cycle that you can't sleep, then you're sleep deprived. So then when you're sleep deprived, your hypothalamus works at 60% faster, which will make you less able to cope and make you so so that that it, it's all a vicious circle what happens at the beginning is that that powerful emotion that comes in 
it is connected to an event. Something happens and then we respond with a powerful emotion. We have to understand that this powerful emotion is an ally. It is there to help you with something. It is a delivery truck. So every time that you feel, let's say, afraid of, of something or overwhelmed or you have anxiety, just tell yourself, oh, there's a truck that just came in my driveway. There's a truck in your driveway and the goal, the only objective of this truck is to give you a package. It's a delivery truck, simple and easy. A delivery takes 30 to 90 seconds. An emotion should last 30 to 90 seconds and then you should exit the loop. And you've seen that in children, right? Like kids, you know, they're super happy and then 90 seconds later, it's temper tantrum and they're yelling and crying and then oops, 90 seconds later, they're happy again because emotions only last 30 to 90 seconds, the time of the delivery. But we don't open the door. We don't have time for this, right? So then you're like, no, there's a truck in my driveway, but I don't have time for this. I'm in front of my colleagues at work. So I have to smile and pretend everything is okay. Oh, everything is good. Oh no, I'm with, I'm with clients. Oh, I smile and everything is fine. And then you go home and then your kid's like, oh, are you okay, mommy? Oh yeah, mommy's fine. Everything is okay. So we don't open the door. The truck stays in the driveway. And, and before we actually take time to open that door and see what's in this package, another truck comes in and then another truck comes in. And then you're like, that's okay. I, I guess there's too many trucks in my driveway. I won't take my car anymore to go to work because there's no room, but I'll take my bike. I, I'll go around, that's fine. And then another truck comes in, another truck. And, and at, at the end of the day, sometimes there is no more room for your bike. You have to walk to work. And then after that, there's not even room for your body to, to go by the, the cars anymore in those trucks. So you are stuck. And that's when you're diagnosed with anxiety and depression because now there's too many trucks in your driveway. The only way these trucks will leave your driveway is if you receive the package. Open the door, ask yourself, what am I learning? What is it that, I'm, that I am learning? What will I be better at? What will I grow? Like what, what will I become better? So next time you feel that powerful emotion or, or even anger or even sadness or even fear or hurt, ask yourself, oh, I'm feeling like this. Hmm, I don't like that. It's uncomfortable. Wait a minute. Oh, that means, oh, that means there's a truck in my driveway. Oh, this is cool. So get excited instead and say, ah, I'm curious. What am I going to learn? Because if you're excited, instead, if you choose excitement over anxiety, then you will receive a feel-good chemical that will help you open the package. Does that make sense? I love that analogy of the delivery trucks. For I'm the type of person that I need those pictures, those verbal pictures painted for me. And the way that you explained that was absolutely perfect for me. And I, I'm a veteran and I live with PTSD. So I live with anxiety and depression and a multitude of other things. And they come at different times. And I've learned to do the whole refocus thing. You know, that's how yeah. I, what can I see, smell, hear, taste, and touch? And as long as I can pull myself out of myself and look yeah. at my five senses and fit, you know, I can refocus and it changes your delivery truck. I love that how your driveway just gets clogged and then you can't even squeak out anymore and you're stuck. Mm -hmm. um, I speak to so many veterans over the years that uh, that are stuck and have been stuck for years, if not 
decades yeah. from, uh, you know, traumatic experiences and their emotional memory just beats them up. Yeah. And we need to disconnect the emotional response from the event. There's a um, many different processes that I use with my clients. One of them is specific to PTSD is the RTM protocol. If you have uh, not heard of it, it's about a two or three years old process. Um, mostly only PhD doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists are administrating the, the RTM protocol. Um, I got in the course somehow. I'm very lucky. Uh, I have I have been using a lot of these different techniques with my clients and the person that created the RTM protocol took a whole bunch of smaller techniques, put them all together in one process of 89 steps. And even after two years, tested on um, hundreds in, of army veterans, actually, who um, two years later, the nightmares and the flashbacks were still not back. So, so it is successful in the 90% uh, without any drugs, without anything. So uh, I, I'm very well aware of the impact that our mind can have when we associate an emotional response to an event or to a memory. So there are ways to disconnect uh, d- disconnect these together, and this is this goes beyond the, the topic of this uh, of this podcast. But and that's uh, okay. But you are you are told that's okay because Kim said, you know what? We'll just roll. roll that's right. <laughs> what we want to understand is that our brain has many different parts. I talked about the prefrontal cortex. Another part that I really love about the brain is the unconscious mind. And to understand the unconscious mind, I need to talk about the logical mind. The logical mind can handle five to nine pieces of information at a time. So that's cool. You can multitask, right? Like you can, you can, you can go grocery shopping at the same time that you're on a meeting with your earphones on your phone and at the same time, keep your kid from falling off the cart and still notice the guy at the back of the store winking at the girl in blue in the seafood department. Like you can do a whole bunch of things all at the same time. And have you ever noticed, Kim, let's say you're driving to a new address and beautiful day, your windows are down and you start looking at the numbers on the houses. Have you ever noticed that as you get closer, you look at the numbers on the houses, you have to lower the volume on the radio have you ever done that, right? Isn't yes. that weird? <laughs> yes. so because you have the foot on the brake, the foot on the accelerator, the red light ahead, the kid that's about to cross the street, there's the, the lady that maybe will cut you off. And then there's a dude in the car next to you winking at you, gross. So when you add looking at the numbers on the houses, the music becomes the one too many. So somehow five to nine pieces of information at a time is not that exciting after all. Living at a logical level is like trying to to do everything right. And then you're working hard. And then you're, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to build your business, you accept clients from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. And you still have to take your kids to school and sport in between your meetings. And oh, you have to start a podcast. And oh, you need to have an account on Clubhouse and you need to post on social media. And then you're exhausted. You have zero life balance. And it's like you get further and further and further away from your dream life. It is like you are trying to go to Los Angeles, but you are in an aircraft that's flying to New York City. You're never going to get to Los Angeles if you stay in the aircraft that's flying to New York City. So a lot of people ask me, how do I get off that plane, Natalie? And I said, no, stay on the plane. Talk to the pilot and say, hey, bud, do you mind turning around? That's where I'm going. It's so common. Yeah, it's so common sense and rational. Talk to the pilot. (laughs) Yes. So that pilot is your unconscious mind. 
That unconscious mind, that's your pilot. It can handle 2.3 million pieces of information every second. I'm going to repeat that. Five to nine for the logical mind. 2.3 million pieces of information every second for the unconscious mind. That's where the power is. But the problem is, and I call this pilot your personal assistant. So pretend you have a personal assistant in your head with a notepad writing down everything you say or think, and it gets it done. Problem is, people wake up in the morning, they look at themselves in the mirror, and they go, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed out. I think I'm gaining weight. So then your personal assistant writes it down. Oh, I got this. Tired, stressed out, gaining weight, perfect, tired, tired. What can I do for this? Oh, I know I'm going to keep her awake all night. She's not going to be able to sleep. She's going to be really tired in the morning. Check. Stressed out, stressed out. What can I do? Oh, I know I'm going to make her delete a very important appointment from her calendar. Oh, that's going to be stressful. Check. Gaining weight. Oh, easy one. I can certainly find a chocolate bar or something deep fried for her to eat today. Check. So we have to tell our personal assistant what we want not what we don't want. And a lot of my clients come to me and they say, Natalie, I don't want to be stressed anymore. I don't want to rush everywhere. I don't want to be impatient with my kids. I don't want to be broke. So your personal assistant writes it down. Stress, rush, impatient, broke. I got this. I'm on it. Right? And it's going to make it happen. So it, it's, like, it's like people are hiring a contractor to paint their kitchen and say, hey, I would like you to paint my kitchen not blue. <laughs> what, what color do you want? So stop saying what you don't want and just say what you want. So the number one question you want to ask yourself all the time is, what do I want instead? <laughs> okay, I don't want this, but what, what do I want instead? So maybe I can give you a, a two-step technique um, for all the audience here listening that you can use right away when you hear a negative self-talk, any, anything negative in your head. So you might have heard of affirmations, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of people do affirmations. I'm sorry to say this, but affirmations don't really work if you don't believe them. Like if I work with the Think Yourself Thin program with clients that are highly overweight, it's not going to work for me to say, okay, look at yourself in the mirror, smile and say, I am thin, <laughs> you know, or the Think Yourself Wealthy program with clients that are in deep financial struggles. I can't just say, okay, put your hands on your hips now and repeat, I am rich. Because your personal assistant is like, uh, no, you're not. Uh, she must be watching like vampire movies and, and <laughs> vampires don't exist. I'm not listening to this. This is not for me. I'm not writing this down. So what you do, step number one, you hear that negative self-talk and you repeat it in the past. So you hear yourself say, oh, I'm so stressed out. Wait, I don't want my personal assistant to write that down. What should I do? What? Oh, step number one, I used to be stressed out all the time. So now your personal assistant hears this. I used to be stressed. Oh, I have that on my list right here. Stressed out. Yeah, you're talking to me. Yeah, yeah, we're doing this. But why are you talking about this in the past? Like, are we done with this? So this is the cue for step number two. Now you go with a progressive statement. A progressive statement starts with, I am willing to learn or I'm in the process of. So your personal assistant hears, I'm used to be stressed out. Now I'm willing to learn how it feels to build, build a balanced life. Now I'm in the process of being calm and responding to events with a deep breath and a smile, right? So, so say what you want. So step number one, step number one is use that same statement in the past 
you know, oh, I'm, I'm so bad with technology. How many people said that, right, in the past year, right? I'm so bad with technology. I used to think I was bad with technology. Now I'm willing to learn what it is that I have to click on Zoom so that I can see my family, <laughs> right? Yeah. Awesome. I love those two, those two tips. Those are great. And they're, they're simple enough to understand. And it's something to me, like you had said, a lot of people with the self-affirmations, they may work, but if, if you don't really believe in them, I also think that a lot of times I know for me, I'm not one of those self-affirmation people. I can't put them all over my wall or, you know, put them on sticky notes because it feels very awkward to me if I say stuff like that out loud, because it's just not part of my personality. So mm -hmm. I like how you explained this. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person out there that feels like that. <laughs> and the way that you explained it, it's just, it's easy. And you don't need to have, some people need the visual cues. And I understand that. And for some things I do for, but for, I'm, a, I'm not a personal affirmation. I don't go buy the books and all of that stuff. Um, that's just me. That's my own personality. So I really appreciate these two that you gave just now. And I think they'll be helpful, for, helpful to me. And I know helpful to a lot of the listeners. First off, I do want to, I do want to have you let folks know that are listening in, where can they, where can they find you at? Um, all of this will be in the show notes for all of you out there listening in today. But if you could, Natalie, let us know where folks can find you at. Yeah. So uh, easy. Thinkyourself.com. So the three W's, thinkyourself.com. Um, if you want, I am happy to have a virtual coffee, like a 15 minute chat with, uh, with anybody for free, like just to see how, because sometimes I can do, you know, help really help somebody even in 15 minutes. So there might be a little tweak that we can do. Um, so you go to thinkyourself.com slash schedule. And then you book your free 15 minute call there. There's another tool that might be useful. And if you like the, the tip that I gave you, the, the two-step technique, uh, I have a confidence guide, 15 steps for confidence. So there's 15 tips in that guide. So you can download that at thinkyourself.com slash confidence guide. So go download the guide and it, it's asking you different questions that are connected to the six layers of the brain in order to find, uh, find that confidence. So that's an interesting uh, exercise that you can do downloading that thinkyourself.com slash confidence guide. I will have both of those links in the show notes. So when folks listen, they can go right in the show notes and click right on from there. This has been awesome and time has flown. I, I'm surprised. I looked at my clock and went, wow, <gasps> that time went by really, really fast. <laughs> I was losing track of time. I would absolutely love to have you on again to delve a little deeper into a couple other topics that are at the top of my head, because I work with, and I'm a huge advocate for veterans and have been for over 24 years now. And I come across a lot of folks that have a lot of, that, you know, of course they have their counselors and their medical teams and things like that. Yeah. These little tips, just something that you can, you know, it's part of, we can put in our toolboxes, as I like to say, all those yeah. little things that you can keep in your toolbox and pull out no matter where you're at, whether it's the grocery store, in your car, or three o'clock in the morning, laying in your bed, trying to fall asleep. So I would love to have you back on again, if you're open to that, to talk a little bit more about, you know, different, different types and different levels of, depression, anxiety, stress, 
all of these things that you mentioned and maybe pick some of them apart a little bit more and uh, I don't know, just delve a little deeper if you're interested in that. I'd love to have you on again though sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Just let me know and we'll, we'll book a time. Wonderful, wonderful. And folks, for those of you who are listening, I do recommend, you know, hey, get click on the link in the show notes and get your 15 minute chat with Natalie. I mean, my goodness, what's, you know, what's to lose? You have nothing to lose and just something to gain. So Natalie, thank you so, so much for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an awesome time. I've truly enjoyed it. And I do look forward to talking to you again in the near future. So thanks once again for being my guest. Thank you, Kim.